This is episode 474 on the 26th of January 2022 as we hurl towards another milestone episode. just one episode remains just one episode remains as we will complete another milestone episode the first milestone episode of the year 2022 and can you tell me how many talk shows have even completed Over seventy-five episodes, let alone seventy-five episodes, none, no talk show on this planet will be able to compete. They're all rookies. They're all in the early stages. It's a long way to go for them, and that's the most important thing. That's the fun part. how many talk shows can compete 475 episodes another milestone coming your way very soon and no talk show can compete but talking about competition actual competition the india south africa series did not go according to plan for one team of course one team went on to win the tournament 3-0 while the other team root missed chances what they could have done better but the interesting thing was that all these negative comments did not come from the team management or the players themselves but it came from a group which has no standing and that's the most interesting part yes losing and winning is part of the sport but it's not the end of the world there's a long way to go it's not a doomsday scenario as if if the team loses now they have no chance of going further or having a chance in the upcoming tournament so let's look let's see how the game number 2 and game number 3 went in game number 2 india scored a decent Six for two eighty-seven after a good opening partnership, couple of good partnership, and they made their way to two eighty-seven with good contributions from number seven to number eight. Of course, that's been a subject of discussion. Who should batter number seven? Who is the all-rounder? Of course, once again, it comes to bowling all-rounder, batting all-rounder. I don't even know what that means. 
if somebody can bat and bowl and they can contribute and they have a decent statistics as far as batting and bowling is concerned i don't care whether they are batting all rounders or bowling all rounders why do we why have we developed such terms because the current lot of pseudo experts are jealous they never got a chance to prove themselves few did but a majority of them were well their contracts were not renewed they were dumped from the team by the selection committee and the cricket board so they are jealous why did we not get an opportunity why when we wanted to bowl and bat we were not called all rounders because this term of course we are obsessed with terms like wide ball and red ball and pink ball and batting all rounder and bowling all rounder and keeper batter and batter keeper it doesn't matter if you can keep decently and you can contribute it doesn't matter when you are, whether you are a keeper first or a batter second or a batter first or a keeper second or a bowler first or a batter second if that's the case and i would have in my book a lot of fluke all rounders do i need to name those yes we're all obsessed with gary sobers i've never seen him play because he played in the era when i wasn't around so if i wasn't around it wasn't documented and if it wasn't documented it doesn't count in my book so for me people like gary sobers sanaj jaisuriya were decent batters who could bowl yes they got 300 wickets but then it was the pre drs pre technological pre hawk eye era that time the umpires would give anything out because they had nothing to confront them nothing to challenge them so yes well that's the obsession we have but let's move on to the match of course 6 for 287 in the 21st century in a 50 over match is not enough but you don't always have to score 400 runs to prove yourself and south africa chased it down so one would say that india did not bowl that well to defend 287 they allowed an opening partnership of 130 runs and then of course certain players were having a good time with the bat managed to chase it down so yes game 2 unable to defend 287 game 3 was a deja vu moment let's see how it went about game 3 was the opposite south africa batted first and of course once again they were 70 for 3 like in the first match but they somehow clawed and scratched their way to 287 but their numbers 6 to 10 did not contribute much but it didn't matter because enough people made runs and they scratched and clawed their way to 287 india started well there were a couple of good partnerships and then came the big one the short selection debate a certain player played a shot which could have gone for a boundary or a six but that day it landed in the hand of the fielder and everyone questioned the shot selection of that player why did that happen because they're jealous they're envious because according to them if had be played that shot he would have been out of the sport or the selectors would have shown us the door and told us to leave the building 
but this guy despite playing two relatively poor shots what defines a good shot and a poor shot is once again subject to interpretation had the ball gone to the left or right of the fielder it would have been a brilliant shot so it's subject to interpretation and matter of luck at that day it did not work and there was once again the middle order question as i said there is no middle order muddle but then the superficial experts question the current lot of legends and these superficial experts know that they will never be fired from their position so they can say what they want to say they have the right to say it because they using the right to freedom of speech and expression to the fullest extent so there's clear signs of jealousy and envy and knowing that they will never be fired they can say what do want, what they want to say it's ironical because sports athletes are their performances are reviewed whether it's a six months performance review or a yearly performance review or whatever is the methodology then they are then the the governing body sits down and says these players continue to perform and this group is not performing as per the expected level so they should be out of the team out of the sport and they should go back to the drawing board and relearn things but pseudo experts and the people who write columns in the newspapers and magazines and print electronic and digital super media superficial media they know whether they write negative or whether they write positive they will never be fired of course contract may not be renewed they move they may move on to a different employee but they know that they will always be called by some or the other broadcaster whether it's a digital broadcaster or a proper broadcaster it's 10 hours and the interesting thing is, is that with this 3-0 loss alarm bells have been rung as if chances for the next two world cups are zero well i disagree with that it's a long way to go yes the 20 over world cup last year did not go according to plan and we were knocked out from the group stage i'll talk more on that as this talk show progresses as this episode progresses but saying that there's a problem we don't know who our batters are we don't know who our openers are we don't know who our all-rounders are i think that's just speculation that's just adding more panic to where panic should not be wins and losses happen yes 3-0 doesn't reflect what the team did but then it doesn't matter you lose there are problems all round let me just read a few lines from the print media as as to how they looked at this because it is very interesting as to how they look at this situation at one stage things decox sublime 124 laid the platform for south africa's eventual total of 287 which proved to be four runs more than what india could manage that 
the win meant a 3-0 clean sweep of rahul and co so we are being specific about individuals that the captain appointed for this tournament wasn't astute enough to lead his team he didn't have the aggression of the previous captains he didn't have the pedigree of what a captain should be who defined what a captain should be he gave too much importance to captains and individuals in certain sports captains are just an individual appointed and then you don't need any experience to be a captain is it just happens and then of course just like the first two odis indian spinners were ineffective neither picked a wicket nor could keep a check on the run flow so of course issues with the opening issues with the middle order issues with who is your designated all-rounder whether it's a spinning all-rounder or a fast bowling all-rounder and then issues with the spin department because we chose ashwin ashwin of course the whole ashwin debate over if you are being specific about specific individuals and the whole debate over whether certain players should play red ball or white ball or whether they are effective or whether they are the right individuals to play do they have the skills to stop the runs and that's what we look at ineffective overall according to these superficial morons who love playing judge and jury india's performance was ineffective and that's that's in their nutshell in my nutshell it's not an existential crisis it's not the end of the world to lose a series 3-0 and say that it's the end of the world the chances for the upcoming world cup there are no chances for the upcoming world cup so why even discuss that of course i disagree with such a thought process i won't say it's negative or positive but it's been going on for too long but they have the right they think they are the judge and jury and unlike sports athletes their performances of what they write won't be reviewed because that's exactly the need of the hour to be scathing of indian athletes whether it's football hockey badminton tennis because it's a universal truth that the indian media would rather be cheerleaders for foreign athletes which includes of course the fluke of nadal and djokovic and others then be cheerleaders for their own athletes because it's difficult because it may be seen as biased if they are cheerleading the lights of rohan bopana or lakshya sen yes they do appreciate them but they will hesitate to call someone like a rohan bopana who has been doing who's been performing and playing for the same duration as a nadal or a djokovic or a federer for over 20 years but we will hesitate to call them because he doesn't have too many championships to show for or they don't reach the finals of all these australian open wimbledon french open roland garros or whatever so we are hesitant but back to this particular sport it's not anything to be concerned about it's not the end of the world anything is possible in the next 9 months we shall discuss that the 20 over world championship we will discuss that as this episode progresses but i don't think it's an existential crisis it's not the end of the world it's not about cheerleading for them but it's about being logical
teams have lost in worse manners but they have moved on if i could give you an example before australia went on to win the 20 over world championship they lost 10 to 11 20 over private matches in a row everyone said australia has no chance but for the australian team the coach the captain they were making sure that those players who were there and those who were not there that's a different story but the players who were there they knew what they were supposed to do they lost 11 20 over private matches before the 20 over world cup and yet when it mattered they went on to win the 20 over world championship and then everyone appreciated sending a certain mitchell marsh at number 3 wow what a strategy it worked and keeping steve smith at number 5 or number 6 it worked and they had already tried him in those positions in the last 12 months so i don't think this loss is something that will have a negative impact of course certain players will have to relook as to how they perform but i do not agree with this white ball red ball division or this question about keeper batter batter keeper or batting all rounder or bowling all rounder if you are jealous then say that you are jealous but don't use such terms because such terms really don't make a difference so let's don't get into that debate let's move on as everyone knows the 20 over world championship is slated to be conducted later this year and as i said on my review of the world championship that the round robin format should have been a preferred format it would have given every team more chances instead of being in a group and knowing that if you lose one or two you are knocked out but the icc doesn't learn from its mistakes once again it has preferred the group format which is i'm flummoxed by that decision i have no idea why do they prefer the group format of six teams each which means four teams out of the 12 teams will make it to the semi finals or the knockout stages and the other teams if they don't perform or they don't win their opening matches they will be knocked out as it happened last year for certain teams you didn't win your opening two matches and you were knocked out i think the group format is not the correct format for a championship unless there are a lot of teams and then you have the quarter final stage the semi final stage and the finals then it's fine but if you have only six teams or rather 12 teams and why can't you go ahead with round robin format it will take us of course it's a three week tournament i think it won't make a difference each team plays each other once and then the team with the most points of course you get 11 chances even if there are some hiccups in between you still make it up here there is no second chance you lose then you are in trouble for the next few matches and then last year's performances will be once again reiterated because that's what the superficial ped morons love to do so 
So this is how it's stacked. Group one has Australia, New Zealand, England, Afghanistan. So you have the two finalists from this team, which means either both of them qualify or one will certainly be knocked out from the group. And let's say in group one, Australia doesn't win all its matches. Let's say it loses to England or Afghanistan or it loses, it doesn't win four out of the five matches. It, it has a 3-2 win-loss ratio, which means net run rate will come into play in this particular context. You could see both Australia and New Zealand disqualified. It's not going to be surprising. Of course, there are two teams who have to come through qualifiers. Did you notice that teams like West Indies and Sri Lanka still have to go through the qualifying phase, which is baffling, but they are down the pecking order as far as the rankings are concerned. The way the group has been, it is quite possible that you could see both Australia and New Zealand or England. If they lose, they could be knocked out. So if you have to win your first match and if you don't, then you're in trouble for the rest of the tournament because there are not too many chances. In Group 2, once again, under broadcaster pressure, they have put India and our neighbours, two neighbours, in the same group, which means once this tournament starts, once this tournament starts, and the first game is India-Pakistan. Ironically, once again, last year's, the broadcasters will talk about last year's footages. The print media will bring out last year why they lost and the poor planning leading up to the tournament and how our neighboring country to the West is more prepared. They have a good opening combination. They have a decent middle order, an experienced middle order, couple of 40 years old, and they have one guy who can hit 25 of four balls to take the team to a good score. And then South Africa, who beat them 3-0 in the, in the 50-over tournament prior to this. And then a lot of matches to happen. So let's see what happens. Do these bilateral tournaments make a difference? They do in terms of the team management knowing who is playing, who is not playing. But I still think it was a poor decision to go with the decision for the group format because it then puts all these 12 teams under pressure. They know that they lose one or there is a stumbling block, then they're out of the tournament. Nobody knows what is going to happen, but they are well aware that the group format doesn't help. Especially if you only have 12 teams and the next stage is the semi-final stage. And if you lose, you are out. So, if, the, if teams like Australia, New Zealand, England, India, Pakistan, South Africa, Bangladesh, if you don't know who the qualifiers are, who the two teams who will qualify to the main stage are right now, because that's one tournament which will be played before as it happened last year. If either of these teams lose their first match, of course, one will win, one will lose. That's a given. But whichever team loses knows that they are under pressure. They have to win their next four matches or their chances of going to the next stage are zero. Whether it's the fact that the International Cricket Board wants the team to be under pressure and perform 
or what's the reason for a group format i don't know but i think it's an outdated format and round robin where each team would have would have played the other there were no group pressures you had 11 chances would have been a preferred format i thought the scheduling committee or whoever makes the schedule would have learned this because this then isolates a few teams everyone knows that bangladesh afghanistan india chances are reduced because of their performance last year and then who and then the broadcaster pressure maybe forced icc to go with this outdated format we don't know but i think this was a poor decision they have to relook at this but now that the schedule is out you can't go back but who are the number one contenders as they were last year of course india was part of the number one contenders to win but this year don't be surprised if the pseudo experts the print electronic and digital media don't put india in the number one contenders category so who are the number one contenders for me india is there but let's be logical and let's look at the logical number one contenders once again australia defending champion new zealand finalists south africa is 10 lost by net and red pakistan semi finalists england semi finalists all of all of all of them were there in the last stages all these five teams were there in the dying stages of the tournament so by default and design they are the number one contenders india won't be anywhere in the list of contenders due to their once in a blue moon bad performance aided by poor umpiring and shoddy scheduling so the tournament is expected to be played between 16 october and 13 november remember this tournament is happening in australia expect rains to play a huge role rains will define a majority of the matches which means you may not see full 20 over matches you may see quick 10 over matches it's a possibility rains will define this tournament you might be surprised at how can it rain in australia in october australia it rains it rains can happen anytime the match is happening it can rain in the middle of the match in between two innings break but rain will play a huge role in this particular tournament it did not play a huge role in dubai because it was in the deserts so rain was never going to be a factor over there but rain will be a huge huge factor as far as this tournament is concerned don't be surprised by the same so what does the schedule look like well let's go with the fact that we have to accept that the group format is going to happen you can't go back so these are the matches scheduled but look on the extreme right column last year the matches were at 7:30 indian standard time which means people could return from their work whether they were working from their own homes or outside or whether they were traveling they could return by 7 o'clock watch the match have dinner and enjoy themselves but this year because it's in australia 
and yeah it's shocking most people don't know that australia is 5 to 5 and a half half hours ahead of india the matches are going to take place at a time when people it's lunch time usually but it's also a siesta time or they are working or they, they may not be at home but you have to accept the fact that that's the way the schedule is because you have to look at where the match is happening not if it suits the india i think 1:30 pm does suit everyone because last year the matches were going as late as 11 o'clock indian time so i think this is a perfect uh, scenario 1:30 pm is perfect why do you need an afternoon siesta anyway of course sometimes you do need it but most of the time you don't so 1:30 pm 12:30 pm 4:30 pm and then 1:30 pm each but as i said expect wains to play a huge role in this particular tournament you cannot get without wains wains will define this tournament mark my words still 7 8 months to go but if going by how the australian t20 competition has gone by well rain and other mitigating factors have influenced the game where the australia england ashes has been influenced by rain hours and hours of rain expect couple of matches to be rained out and teams getting those one i hope the international cricket council is prepared for rains if the match is a rained out the points table will be will have a huge impact it will be affected from both sides and that is why in this scenario the round robin format would have been preferable because it would have been equal for everyone here you may have an unequal distribution of points and chances teams could go without winning a single match into the next stage or winning one match or winning two matches and playing shortened matches and to their advantage some matches may not be rained out some matches may be semi rained out but rain will play a huge role how can you not be affected by rain in countries like australia england south africa irrespective of when the matches are scheduled So this ends episode number 474 on the 26th of January 2022 and stay tuned for the next episode for more awesome content tune into the next episode of the weekly show i will be back on friday the 28th of january 2022 at episode number 475 a milestone moment episode number 475 and while you wait for the next episode what should you do put these books in your must read books column once again put these books in your must 
read books column 